Golf and rock and roll, not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway, don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going, we were all drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. I love to play. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love to play. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with the one, the only, best caddy on the planet, Rich B. Hello. Hey. Richard. I'm sure you thought of firing this caddy halfway through the program a few times. Uh, once or twice, I yeah. think. <laughs> How about but just that? so expensive. How about that girl? She fired her caddy. I love it. Hey, I'm not taking any crap from my, no guff from my caddy. You're fired. I'm pulling my boyfriend out of the crowd. U.S. Open style at the, uh, at the uh, U.S. Open. Sabonic. Yeah. How about that? Halfway through the round, she fires her caddy. And she ended up finishing pretty well. Uh, and on the other note, uh, WD Wee. Michelle, I can't finish the last uh, hole. Saturday morning because I don't want to. And uh, USGA will be sending her a letter, I'm sure. You can't be liking that, Rich B. No, and you know what? I think there was a lot of uh, negative, uh, you know, with the announcers uh, that were talking about um, Michelle and her conduct. It's all about your conduct. Well, congratulations to NB Park. How's that? Three majors down, one to go. Two to go, but they now have five in what the LPGA. The Would you please, please I, get four. up to speed? Four is the Grand Slam. Where'd they come up with the fifth one anyway? Well, it's now. Dude, the, they got uh, like six tournaments in that tour. Well, <laughs> <laughs> ooh, now come on, you love the women. But she's driving for five. It's three down and two to go as NB Park chases history after her win at the U.S. Open. For those of us, our favorite. Loyal fans out there, we were on a little vacation last week, so we're catching up a little you, bit. You, my friend, were on a vacation. I, I was. don't know what we were on a vacation. I was up in Rochester, New York. You know what? My hometown and checking out my home course, Oak Hill Country Club, site of the PGA Championship, the fourth major coming up next, uh, well, this August, the 8th through the 11th, Rich Bean. I'm telling you what, the course is looking awesome. Did you play? Played a little golf. Didn't play the East, played the West. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it's thick, lush. They've had record rain in June, second on record, rainiest month. For those who are from the uh, upstate New York area, you know the Great Lakes and how it can dump the rain up there. Yeah. But anyway, the rough is brutal. The course is lush, and it is going to be a spectacular PGA Championship, I'm telling you. And I do like our new microphones here at the 740 of the game. Oh, my God. I can barely see around them, I Rich Beast. They're unbelievable. They're not new. We just, we just put a little thing on them. A little thing? A little wrapper? If you wrap to keep it. Rich B from hitting his head into the microphone. <laughs> you know, you need a big, big, huge casing. I'm sure Shot Doctor uh, is in love with these things. So we got a lot this of golf. Bling. A lot Mic- of golf coming up, Rich B. Microphone bling. We've yes. got the... Uh, 
British Open next week, the John Deere this weekend, the Scottish Open, and uh, the senior senior men's U.S. Open. So we've got a packed show tonight. And I thought you'd also be ranting since you love the women so much, as we know you do, and cover LPGA it style. every week. Yeah. Uh, the fact that there is no U.S. Seniors Open for the women. Now, come on. Wouldn't you love to be seeing Nancy Lopez gunning for you a know, U.S. Uh, Women's uh, Open title? Remarkably, uh, they could possibly p- play in the senior amateur. These guys, all they have to do is apply for their amateur status back because they're not really making any money Rich anyway. B, that's, that's not what we're talking about. No, come on. Yeah, they need to apply for their amateur status back through the USGA. Now, USGA Rich B, rules. the Legends Tour, in case you haven't followed, and, of course, big, big tournament that was up at the Villages about a month ago. Jane Blaylock, 27-time winner on the LPGA Tour, lobbying to get the USGA to hold a U.S. Senior Women's Open She's been working on this since, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say 1996 maybe, back in the Judy Bell presidency uh, at the USGA. But, uh, you know, come on. We've got to. There's, I think they, they've got almost 130, 140 players playing on that Legends Tour. Where's Rich? We need the crickets right now, Rich. Crickets. Lots of, lots of uh, Hall of Famers. Rich B., I can't believe you're not on board with this. <laughs> that's, where, that's where that's they going. They even have a U.S. Women's Amateur. Yeah, well, they senior amateur. These people are not making any money. They need to apply for their status as an amateur again and start and playing that competition. How do you know they're not making any money? What are they? they they're making that. more money than you are, dude. They're Trust paying. Me. They're paying those people to show up. That's all they're paying. Please come out and play. I'm Here's have, a check. I'm having Jane Blaylock on just so that she can kick your butt. Uh, she's she's seen she's, that. She's, she's another gonna, one just like you. She's I just need, gonna rip you apart. Just need two of you in the same room. And I'll just sit back and watch. Two of you in the room together. Okay, That'll hover- be really good. All right, little hovercraft update, Rich B. Um, <laughs> oh, as geez. you know, we were one of the first to report the Bubba hovercraft. Breaking news. The breaking news. Windy Knoll Golf Club in Springfield, Ohio, has ordered two hovercrafts for their golf course. Public golf course, Rich B. You know, you might need a license to rent one of these because I can see some kooks out there. Just uh, hey, I paid two fifty. I paid two fifty uh, to rent this thing, two hundred and fifty dollars, and I'm gonna go dr- drive this thing like an all-terrain vehicle. Two hundred thirty bucks a player to rent. Ay ay ay. So you better go out in like a six or eight some, <laughs> especially with you and your alligator arms. What are you saying? What are you saying? Um, and how about this cute little story? Dr. Wally Sinat, a retired radiologist in Towson, Maryland, still playing golf, 104 years old. Shout his age. No, trying to. <laughs> trying to because he's only shot 99 once. Oh. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> but he's still he's still whacking it around. And I love it. The uh, president of the club where he plays at said he's an inspiration to us guys over 80. Dude, Don't you unbelievable, love that? yeah. To us guys over 80. Gotta love that. And uh, wife, Adelaide, 102. She still plays. That could be you and me, dude. That's a couple uh, a couple hundred years right there. Still wasting time on a golf course. Oh, my gosh. Well, there is a lot of golf to talk about. We're going to be previewing the third major of the season, the British Open, coming up next week. We will have Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel coming up next, the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank uh, three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. Oh, struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Rich B. And uh, that would be Jessica Corda, Rich, who uh, fired her caddy during the Women's U.S. Open at Sabonic. Uh, veteran LPGA caddy, actually, Jason Gilroy, who uh, he's, he's caddy for some good players out there. So Rosie Jones and a couple of stints with Christy Kerr. So I'm not sure what went down there, but... Maybe after shooting that 40, she needed to adjust. Adjust her attitude? Well, and have a little fun out there and, uh, you know, look to the next You know, next we got, major. Uh, we've got on the line, we've got the guy that can let us know exactly what's going on. And I want to ask him about Michelle Wee and her conduct uh, unbecoming uh, and what's the fallout on uh, on the situation. I'm sure well, the USGA I think, has I raised an I know what I want to know. I want to know his thoughts about MB Park because uh, I think there's been a lot of conversation, and we've been talking about her for the last couple of weeks, but the media has finally woken up after her third major victory and uh, great interview um, on the Golf Channel earlier today. And uh, I think they have been all over it. So we're going to go to Todd Lewis and check in with him. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. How are you? Great, great. I think it was uh, Tim Rosenford. I'm not sure he was on Morning Drive this morning, Todd, but uh, I guess he's got an upcoming interview with MB. Yeah, I believe so. Um, I think Tim said that with her. Uh, it's going to be in Golf World, and maybe uh, I think some of it's going to be with Golf Channel as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm impressed with her. I mean, she kind of went uh, into a little bit of a valley. And it seems like, you know, it seems the interesting thing about the women's game that I've noticed over the last decade or so is that, you know, you have these this one powerful player that gets to the top of the mountain and just stays there for a while. And then, then the next player, then the next player. I mean, we saw that with um, with Annika Sorenstam, and then you know, she went away, then Lorena Ochoa, and then she went away. We thought we were going to see it with G.A. Shin. Uh, she was the number one for a while, but that didn't quite happen. So there was a little bit of a parody period there, but now with Envy Park, she seems to be following the footsteps of Soren Stam and Ochoa. Um, I, I, I'm impressed by her humility, um, and I, you know, I think that's a big part of her culture. Um, but she, she, she is somewhat Americanized, but um, she's got an interesting swing, interesting tempo, and it's just so good in her skin. And you know, if you find people who are champions, rather number one in the world, or who are at an elite level like she is. That's the biggest thing. It's not what necessarily they do. They're doing on the golf course. It's the, the other surrounding things that they have. I mean, she's um, she's got a fiance you know, who who works with her game as well, and she's comfortable with that. It just everything is just in harmony with with her. And if that's going well off the course, it parallels what's going well on the course. Usually, that's a recipe for greatness, and it is for Henry Park. And for those of our listeners who don't know, uh, she actually played out at Black Bear. Uh, just uh, north of Orlando, and Eustace. was a student of Charlie Yu out there at the academy, and uh, went to went to school here. So she's also, uh, you know, quite well spoken in in English. Yeah, she's got such a florid husband. And you know, to be honest with you, a lot of the, the players that come over from Asia, specifically Korea, where most majority come up uh, come over here from, 
they they do work hard at trying to to be fairly fluid in the English language. So hats off to them because that is not easy, obviously. Absolutely. It's hard enough to get uh, in front of a microphone when it's your first language, let alone for some of these players. Uh, I want to ask Todd, Todd, do you mind if I ask you about uh, Michelle Wee and uh, her WD? Uh, Was there any fallout? I mean, is there any precedent for this? Has anybody ever done this uh, kind of thing? I'll I'll have to be honest with you. I've been (laughs) – which was she talking about today? No, she uh, she didn't finish her round at the Women's U.S. Open. Now, oh, they oh, yes, they paid thir- 35 holes, and then she had to come back Saturday morning and play one more hole, and she didn't show up. Uh, yes, that's definitely happened. Uh, I'm uh, all over the world of golf. Um, I was at the Memorial, and there was a rain delay, and players you know, had one or two holes, and, and they, they were like so many over par, outrageous or out of it, and, yeah, they didn't come back. Uh, now, at a major championship, yeah, I probably – Yes, she she would have she should have probably showed up and finished it out because it's a major championship, and you owe that championship especially the respect that it that it demands. Um, but it does happen. I mean, this is not anything that I mean it happens on, on all levels of the game: the, the women's tour, the LPGA tour, the, the PGA tour, the Champions Tour, Web.com tour. Guys feel like figure like they're out of it. They're gonna you know they're not gonna be around. So what's the point of being there? Well, the LPGA adding a fifth major was it last year? Todd? They added it last year, yes. And so this is going to be going to be five majors this year. So, uh, boy, a little, little tough driving for five here. It's tough enough to win the Grand Slam, but, boy, wouldn't that be uh, historic? Well, she's got to get her fourth first, and uh, I'm talking about Envy Park, so I'm assuming you're talking about Yes. And, but, uh, and to do it at St. Andrews, to be honest with you, that's, that, that is a Grand Slam um, for, you know, to have to happen there. Hey, it's a dangerous territory when you start adding majors. It, it, this is just my opinion, because Evian, which has been an elite tournament on the LPGA Tour schedule, basically kind of bought itself a major championship sponsorship. Um, so, you know, and that's she's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's good. I'm or right not. there with you. Yeah, but so I. I mean, customarily, we're used to four major championships. It's not just the women's game. The Champions Tour has five major championships as well. Um, so. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence with that. I mean, it, I mean, that is a great tournament. This isn't coming out of nowhere. This has, you know, been on the schedule for a long, long time, and and it's, a, you know, it's a top class, world class event. So um, we'll have to see. I'm, I don't really mind it. But I don't. Really, this is where I am <laughs> right now. So I want to see how it plays out the rest of this year. Well, a little bit of rain delay at the Greenbrier Classic as the uh, weather system was up and down the whole coast. Jonas Blixt, Swede, a three under 67 on Sunday to win by two strokes. Tell us a little bit about him. Well, Jonas is an interesting character. I was, I've, I've been at both of his wins now on the PGA Tour, the first one coming at the Fries.com event last year, which was in the fall, in mean, the fall series. Um, didn't have full FedEx Cup points. Um, didn't get him a, an invitation to the Masters, but this one obviously does. Um, it's got a little bit more power. Uh, this victory in the regular season, in the FedEx Cup season, I should say. Um, Jonas is, is a great, great story. I mean, he was—he's—he's um, he's in Sweden, and he, I don't know if many of your listeners know, but he went to Florida State um, and fell in love with Florida State's football. He's become a rabid Seminole fan. He was there when Bobby Bowden was there. Um, and he's funny. He's you know he's got that loose kind of like uh, kind of weird, quirky, but at the same time jovial Swedish personality. 
uh, very passionate about his game. I mean, I, I, I hope your listeners got a chance to see his first interview as soon as he won with David Faraday of CBS. I got a chance to talk to him about five minutes later, and he didn't have quite as much emotion as he did with David. But, uh, I mean, it meant a lot. I mean, he was, you know, tears were in his eyes. He was really blown away that he shot this this good enough score to win. But if you looked at going into that final round, there were guys who were very much, who, who A, had not won before, or B, were coming off the last two or three months without much form. Johnson Wagner, I guess I'm talking about. So you knew that anybody could win this. But good for him. You know, this is two wins now in less than a year for him, for Jonas. You know, and this is going to elevate him. I think this gets him into the British Open. He was the first alternate for the British or the Open Championship when I left Greenbrier, so I'm pretty sure he's going to get in. Um, he's going to Augusta for the first time. So, you know, he could be somebody to watch. I mean, he's got a good personality, good kid, and good humility, and he, like I was talking about with M.B. Park, is good in his skin off the golf course as well. So this could give him a lot of confidence. Oh, you know what? you got a busy couple weeks coming up here, Todd. Indeed. Tomorrow I get on a plane bound for Scotland. Uh, so I'm going to go to the Open Championship and uh, start working there on Saturday. Um, then the Scottish Open begins tomorrow here in the States. And a lot of the Scottish Open, by the way, is you know, filled with great players, predominantly in Europe. But you know, have some American players headlined by Phil Mickelson, who's going to you know, get used to getting the ball on the ground. Um, yeah, How about Graham McDowell coming off his big win? Three. Three yeah, wins exactly, now. Exactly. And Graham is moving the right way. I'm a little concerned about Phil Mickelson, to be honest with you. I feel Phil may be pressing it a little too much. I do feel as if he is he's in full understanding that this is he's entering the winter of his career. Um, he doesn't have much time left in his prime where he is right now, 43. And I really think he's pushing and pushing very hard to raise his level, obviously, at the U.S. Open. And, you know, he hasn't won a, a British or an Open championship as well, so that major has eluded him for a while. And I, I see him I see him with the disappointments take them very, very hard, very, very hard now, much harder than I did three or four years ago. And, and, and that, I think, is the reason why he was pressing a little too much at the U.S. Open and, unfortunately, kind of got in his own way. Um and I'm interested to see how he plays this week, and very, very interested to see how he plays next week. I believe he said. Ago. I believe he said he was heartbroken in the interview after that round, didn't he? Oh yeah, he said. I mean, it was interesting. I talked to him. I talked to him on Wednesday, the pro am, and he he said he said this off the camera to me, but I did reiterate it in my report. But he said this this loss at Marion at the U.S. Open was much more heartbreaking than his loss in 2006 at Wingfoot when he had the lead when he came to the 18th hole and he bounced up. His tee shot off the corporate tents, and we saw that meltdown with that double bogey, and Jeff Ogilvy ended up winning. And that was surprising to me because, I mean, that seemed like just a total, total crash that he had at Wingfoot. I mean, and, and Marion, I mean, he was he was just mixing up with a lot of players there. Um, but he, yeah, and, and that goes to the point I was trying to make. He understands, I think, that time is running out on him, that the sand is trickling down that hourglass, and he really wants to have – that major championship on his resume, and he also wants the Open Championship, but I really do think he wants that major championship more than any any other victory he has well, on, on his resume moving forward. He would he would take a U.S. Open win and never win again, in my opinion, Phil Mickelson, as, as he closes out his career. Well, as we look to the British Open next week, Tiger coming off the elbow injury. What do you think about Tiger, also someone who – measures his career by majors and 
the noise seems to be getting louder and louder as uh, he fails to, uh, you know, win win a major this year. Well, Muirfield is unlike the other courses in the rotation for the Open Championship. Is probably the most Americanized in the Rota. Um, the, there are not as many quirks and bounces and tremendous local knowledge that you have. To, I mean, there is some, but just not an overabundance like you would at, at Turnberry or St. Andrews and the others. Um, so I think that opens up this tournament tremendously. Um, if Tiger's hitting the ball well, that you know puts him in, in good play there, but he hasn't been hitting the ball the last two events very well. Um, and the other thing that's interesting, I've taken a sneak peek at the weather at Muirfield. It's going to be nice. I mean, we're talking sunshine in the high 60s and low 70s, not much wind. At least I've seen the weather forecast through next Friday. You know, the weekend I haven't had a chance to check it out because they haven't put it out yet. But at least next week from Monday to Friday, it's going to be nice. And so, you know, we're not used to seeing that in Open Championship. So, uh this is probably, in, in quite a long time, the most Americanized of the Open Championships that have been in the last 10 years. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, with, with those comments, Todd, yeah, going back to Phil, do you think this would, you know, this plays to Phil potentially, you know, who's never really, he hasn't done very well uh, at the British Open, that well, maybe this would be his best shot too? Well, he's, you know, it's interesting. I did talk to Phil um, about the Open Championship and his attitude as he leaves the States and goes over to Scotland, where he is now, again, competing the Scottish Open this week, and you can see it on the Golf Channel. Um, but uh, he said I, I, about five, about 10 years ago, actually, nine years ago, in 2004, he went over there and he said, look, I'm just going to have to accept. I, could, I, I can't get the ball in the air. I'm going to play the ball on the ground. And he worked on that aspect of his game. And uh, he, he kind of embraces it more. He hasn't won there, but two years ago he finished tied for second. So he has had some solar flares of success. He's got another top five in his career there as well. This was a few years back, though. Um, so I, I think he's more optimistic when he gets on his private plane and goes across the Atlantic than he was 10 years ago. So, yes, I, I do think if Phil – now, Phil has told me he's hitting the ball as best as he's ever hit it. He just – you know, he can't play that old white TBC course at the Greenbrier very well, but he's still – left West Virginia, according to what he told me on our air, feeling uh, tremendously confident in his game. So considering that the weather's not going to be very bad, at least the first two days, and the fact that Muirfield, again, is not as quirky as the other courses in the rotation uh, for the Open Championship, yeah, so I think he's got a chance. I think he's, I think he's got a very decent chance to be in contention come Sunday afternoon. Um, another guy who played well at the Greenbrier, Tom Watson. Any hopes for Tom? Uh, uh, yeah, he's in Scotland playing the Open Championship. I would, I'd be surprised if he doesn't make the cut. Can't rule him out, huh? Well, I, I, now winning, you know, happened like he did at Turnberry a few years ago. I, I mean, in contention coming down on final two. I, I mean, let's be honest, I'll be surprised. But at the same time, I think he will make the cut for a couple of reasons. One, he's playing well. His, his swing is timeless. He, he feels re-energized when he gets to uh, to Scotland to compete in any Open Championship or UK. Um, but the only thing I'm concerned about is he's playing. This that would be his third straight event if he does. Uh, excuse me, if he doesn't. Well, if, I'm assuming he's going to make the cup, but he very well may not. It'll be third straight event he'll, that he'll be playing. He's playing. He played Greenbrier last week, and then he's playing the U.S. Senior Open this week, and then he'll play 
um, the Open Championship. So fatigue may be a factor with him, um, but we'll see. Uh, it, he's he's remarkable. Swing is timeless. It hasn't really changed. Uh, he's got a positive attitude, but he's also scouting. He's very much scouting for his U.S. Ryder Cup team. He's got his eyes on a lot of young players that he likes a lot, including Billy Horschel, he knew not much about. No doubt. Getting it this year. He really likes Russell Henley. These young players who've got a lot of moxie and guts, he loves them. Um, so, yeah, Tom Watson will have a lot of attention on him, not only because of his play traditionally at the Open Championship, but also because of where he is as the U.S. Ryder Cup captain heading Glenn Eagles back to Scotland next year and, and who he's thinking about, who he's talking to, uh, to possibly make his captain's pick to be on his team. Who are you keeping on your radar, Todd? I like Billy Horschel a lot. If he plays well enough to finish probably in the top 13 or 14 of the Ryder Cup standings, um, which would be, yeah, I think, the standings of the qualification stop at the PGA Championship next year. If he's in the top 13 or 14, I, I would I would be shocked if Tom Watson didn't pick him. I think he, he, he's got a lot of guts. He's got a lot of moxie. He, he seems to embrace the pressure. Um, but I like him as kind of a guy who was off the radar at the beginning of the year that could be there as a captain's pick. And you're going to have the Tigers, the Phils there, of course, Matt Kuchar, and so on and so on. And he'll probably uh, be showing up in some Union Jack flag pants. What do you think, Todd? Who? Billy, after those bad octo pants. Now, if he wants to make the U.S. Ryder Cup team, he better not show up in any other colors but red, white, and blue. <laughs> That's for sure. No doubt, no doubt. Well, Todd, thanks as always. Uh, have a safe trip over Scotland. Are you playing when you're over there? You know, I am going to stay a couple extra days. I'm going to go play, uh, go play Turnberry, and I'm going to play – actually, I'm playing Muirfield the Monday after the Open Championship, so I'm sure I, it will bring me to my knees <laughs> easily. Got to love it. Got to love it. Lots of golf on the Golf Channel this week, the Scottish Open, and, of course, the Open Championship next week. Todd Lewis, safe travels, my friend. Thanks so much. And thank you. Don't forget John Deere as well. You got it. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. We'll be right back with more. Stay with us. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. just We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G along with Rich Fee. And um, this week, it's the John Deere Classic. Rich B. oh, there in Silvis, Illinois, in the farm country of the Midwest. And uh, we're going to go to one of our favorite golf insiders, Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. To uh, give us a little preview of the John Deere. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Doing great. Well, some refer to this as the Steve Stricker Classic because uh, he's won it, what, three times? Yeah, well, he, he was three in a row up until last year, and he only finished four shots out of the playoff that Zach Johnson won last year. So I, I did see last year where a few people had referred to it as the Steve Stricker Open presented by John Deere. No doubt, no doubt. Well, a, a long-time running event in the Midwest um, with a great uh, list of champions. But uh, what's the golf course looking like, the weather, and 
given that this is the uh, week before the British Open, where a lot of the guys are overplaying the Scottish Open, how's the field? Uh, the field is, is, is kind of a mixed bag. You, you've got Stricker, you've got Zach Johnson, you've got Louis Wisthuizen, and a couple of other big names, and, and then it kind of drops off to that second-tier group pretty fast. And uh, I, I think that uh, for those that could get into the Scottish Open, wanted to play it, that was obviously an option. I think others just want to get over and learn about Muirfield because it's been 11 years since uh, they've had that uh, as an open venue, so a little bit uh, tougher there. Um, but uh, the course itself, um, maybe it's drying out by now. If they were able to, to avoid the thunderstorms last night, uh, they have had record flooding uh, in the Quad Cities area this spring. Uh, the Mississippi River uh, went into flood stage four times, uh, and the Rock River, which is uh, r- runs kind of underneath, uh, or, or I should say TPC Deer Run overlooks the Rock River, uh, they had record flooding. And so uh, even though it didn't damage the course, it's been very soft because of all the snow, all the rain that followed. They had a four-inch uh, rainstorm or, uh, about 10 days ago that washed out all the bunkers. So it's very wet there and uh, they will probably get a chance to throw a few darts at those greens. And uh, for the record books, Paul Goidos carded just the 459 recorded on the PGA Tour there um, three years ago, I believe. And uh, what people may not remember is that on that very same day, Steve Stricker shot 60 and missed his putt for 59. Wow, some good golf, no doubt. So a guy that is just kind of eating this up is is Louis Oosthuizen. Uh, for some who may not know, his family owns a dairy farm. He grew up uh, around the farming uh, business and now owns his own cattle farm, I guess, of about 150 acres on the Indian Ocean. So there are some pictures of him online today getting the tour of the John Deere factory and jumping on some of those big old uh, Tonka toy trucks. Literally, this is a kid in the toy store, and he's made it part of his uh, schedule ever since he joined the PGA Tour uh, because he does love getting a chance to try out the machinery. I understand he's even bought a couple and and had them shipped over to his farm in South Africa. And so uh, this is kind of a fun trip for him before he goes back and uh, plays as a past champion in the British Open, and the only thing I'm a little concerned about with Louie this week is he's been nursing a hip injury the last few weeks. He did have to withdraw, I think it was from the AT&T National, and uh, managed to put in a top-20 finish last week, but I think that if the hip starts tightening up or anything on him this week, the prudent thing is going to be withdraw this week, get over to Muirfield, and rest up there. So uh, give us your thoughts on, on Muirfield, Jeff, and... Who, who you have your eyes on? Obviously, Tiger coming back from his injury. Just a host of you know great European players from you know Graham McDowell playing so well, Justin Rose. Uh, what's what's your hunch on this year's British Open? Uh, that, that's that's kind of a fair question because I think with everybody uh, at the top of most people's list, always there's also a little question mark next to it. Tiger, the elbow injury. Uh, Graham McDowell, you know, playing great, has three wins in his last eight starts, but he's missed the cut in the other five. He, he actually tweeted something the other day after winning. He said, here's my last eight starts in binary form. 
01000101. Got to love Graham. <laughs> I thought that was, that was that was a great tweet, but uh, uh, you know M- Mickelson has never played well uh, at the British. You still have to wonder what his uh, uh, what his mindset is after another close call at, at the U.S. Open. Justin Rose goes in as a national hero, but can he make it two in a row? That's tough. Adam Scott, uh, you know Adam Scott. You know what? I think Adam Scott would be completely the secondary story or maybe the primary story of this Open if he had not won the Masters. And uh, one doesn't cancel the other out necessarily, but he doesn't really have to come back and face quite so many questions about that collapse at Lytham last year. He he could be a real interesting pick. And uh, coming off a good tournament and has had a couple of good tournaments, Ernie Els. Ernie loves playing over there in the Open. Can he repeat? I think he's two in a row. That'd be awesome. Well, and, and it's interesting that that he's kind of got the double to defend. Not only is he the defending champion, he won the last time as, at Muirfield in that four four hole playoff, four man playoff, as I recall, uh, in 2002. Remember him taking that awkward stance in the bunker on his final hole to get up and down and and take the claret jug. Absolutely, that uh, <laughs> that was uh, super memorable and. I wasn't even thinking of the of the double dip there. Uh, that that could be some huge huge uh, uh, pressure for Ernie. Oh, he likes the golf course. Sure does. And and that golf course has always crowned a great champion. Before Ernie, it was Nick Faldo. Before that, it was Tom Watson. Um, you, you just go back over over that list, and uh, as the great Dan Jenkins uh, said uh, in Golf Digest, there's not a dog in that kennel. Every one of them is, is a just real classic champion. Trevino was one there. Um, uh, I, it wasn't Hogan won at Carnoustie, so that, that that's not it. But uh, uh, just a really strong top-to-bottom list of champions. Well, there's nothing better than watching the British, getting up early and, uh, you know, having, having, tea. having tea or a, a pint of a black and tan, uh, depending on whether you're, you know, waking up or not gone to bed yet. So we <laughs> uh, we are going to have some fun watching that and, and certainly the Scottish Open this weekend, as well as the John Deere. And where can people check out your column online this week, Jeff Shane? Well, go to PGATour.com. Uh, some of my stuff appears on the on the PGA Tour uh, site. Some of it appears on the web.com site. I just finished a column today on Matt Wybring, son of D.A. Wybring, uh, who uh, played a year and a half or, or thereabouts on the PGA Tour before going back to the web.com tour. He's been in a battle with Bell's palsy uh, the last few months, uh, where uh, that's the uh, illness where half your face freezes up because of inflammation in your facial nerves, and he's just coming back after that and uh, – had a good chance to talk to him and his dad yesterday, and so that that's the column for Web.com Insider this week. Yeah, right on the um, on the front of PGATour.com, and a very very interesting story. Given that usually that's something that I think affects uh, affects seniors more often, so un- unusual in somebody as young as Matt Wybring. Really unusual too that his dad had it 17 years ago, and, and fought through it, and actually in his seventh start. In his in coming back from Bell's, he won the Greater Hartford Open. Well, uh, we'll keep our eye on him. We appreciate always talking to Jeff Shane, our former main man at the Orlando Sentinel. Now, 
One of the big dogs at PGATour.com. Always great to have you on the Golf Insiders, Jeff. Thanks so much. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740 of the game. Stay with us. We are going to have much more coming up. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so Back the Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk. Holly G and Rich B in the house. So much golf going on, Rich B. What Taking you got? Taking you home on the fairways of I-4. Absolutely. So, U.S. Senior Open tried, this week. Uh, tried to qualify. And? No bueno. Boo! No bueno. Oh, Rich B. But you gave it a shot. We like that. Not easy. No, it isn't. It's a tough but one. I'll tell you what. Uh, with some of these guys turning 50, look at Duffy Waldorf. He is just uh, eating it up out there on the Champions Tour. Uh, fifth in the Charles Schwab Cup points, which is their version of the FedEx Cup. And we're going to go now to one of the best writers in the business, a longtime writer for the Detroit News, and now writing for PGATour.com, Vartan Kapellian. Hello. Hello. How are y'all? Uh, doing good, Vartan. So um, give us the lineup. We've got about three or four minutes on uh, the the Open Championship for the seniors coming up this weekend. Well, you know, uh, all their majors are compacted. I mean, they come right after another. Two weeks ago, I was at uh, in Pittsburgh at Fox Chapel for the senior players, and uh, uh, that that might be the best golf course in America that I'd never heard of before. I mean, they've been there for two years now. They got one more year. They're going back there. What a wonderful golf course! That's the one thing about the Champions Tour. These guys play a lot of the old classic courses, just like they're going to see this week at Omaha Country Club. Uh, and, and they love them. They just, they just love to play courses with all those, you know, classic instincts with the, you know, with the design concepts that they grew up with, like Redan holes and Biarritz greens. And we've seen a lot of Biarritz the last couple of weeks, so we're going to see more, I think. Yeah, and we're going to see some of that classic design at the PGA Championship next month at Oak Hill Country Club, my home course. But uh, I uh, I get a little ahead of myself here. So who do you see? Freddie, of course, a favorite. Bernhard Longer, John Cook, all in the top ten out there. Uh, who do you have your eyes on? Well, you know, Freddie's got four runner-ups this year. Um, he hasn't won yet, but he's got four runner-ups. He's playing pretty well. He played really well uh, at at the senior players. I mean, I think he's obviously contender. Duffy, his Duffy Waldorf has played very, very well in the major championships, the senior majors this year. Uh, he's got like, uh, I think it's three top fives. Uh, so he's played well. Uh, Kenny Perry hadn't played that well, but now he's got a runner up finish in the victory in his last two starts. So I think, I think he's right there. His game is, is really coming on. Look, it's like the PGA tour in that respect. Any one of a whole bunch of guys, maybe and on the regular tour, maybe 80 guys can win a major nowadays. Uh, and the Champions Tour is probably only about 20, but uh, there are 20 solid guys. You know, you named them Cook, Lehman, Longer. Um, you know, Jay you Haas out there, of course. There. Jay Haas and oh, yeah, yeah, you throw Jeff Swoman in there. Freddie Funk. Uh, Freddie Funk. Yeah, there's a lot of candidates, and so it's like trying to pick a winner on the on, on the regular tour can't do it it's just it's just too hard it's a guy 
you know, it's a cliche, and I hate to say it, but it's true. It's the guy who goes out there, has the best week with the putter, because the ball, you guys, can, they're great ball strikers still, still. I mean, can you imagine Hale Irwin at age 68 playing the kind of golf that he's still playing? Uh, he hasn't won, but he's, you know, he's there. He's, he's kind of on the periphery of things all the time. Uh, he's had a couple of close calls in majors the last couple of three years. Varden? Uh, Runner-up finish at Valhalla, yes. Varden, how about uh, Roger Chapman? Now, he won twice last year, uh, you know, major tournaments. And is he performing at all? Uh, is he even around? Is he, you know? Around? I imagine if the tournaments were in Michigan. I think they were back-to-back in Michigan, and he won both. Well, he said, every time he sees me, he says, when are we going to have another event in Michigan, you know? I, I think Roger, uh, it was, that was probably an anomaly. Uh, I mean, how does something like that happen? Here's a guy who once won once in 30-something years on the European tour. You know, a nice player, good player, but he just, you know, lightning struck. And he, and he won twice in, in a seven-week period and both senior majors. I mean, how does that happen? I don't think there's really an explanation. Yes, he is around. He plays. He plays reasonably well. You know, he uh, T20, T22 uh, at Fox Chapel. At one point, he was three under after like you know two rounds or something. So he was kind of in contention. Uh, but he, you know, but he hasn't won. And uh, you know, I don't know what to say about that except yes, he's around. He plays. He's a nice player. But it's not real easy to win out there. No, it sure isn't. But a lot of fun to watch these guys. And somebody who's got to be kind of licking his chops, but still playing great on the PGA Tour is uh, Freddie's uh, best friend, Davis Love the Third. Gonna love getting out there. Yeah, well, and there's others too. You know, there, as you said earlier, I think when you when you uh, introduced uh, this segment, uh, there's a lot of 50 year olds or near 50, 48, 49 year old guys who uh, who um, you know who are going to get out there. But I think they're going to be surprised. I don't think they're going to get out there and all of a sudden win everything. I, I, that just doesn't happen. Uh, look at Steve Elkington. Uh, Elk and Rocco Media were the two kind of the headliners among the rookies this year. Uh, Rocco won his first start at the Allianz Championship. Uh, and, you know, everybody figured that Elk, as good a ball striker as he is, nah, he probably by now he probably won a couple of times. He hasn't won yet, and he hasn't really been that close. So it's these guys, it's the one thing you can say about these guys, they compete. I mean, and, they'll, step on, they'll step on your neck, I'll tell you. And they're, they and they're still good, and a guy who's still playing good, we were talking about even his possible chances of being up there on the leaderboard next week at the British is Tom Watson, who's out there still playing great. Yeah, now another one, you know, again, uh, just, just a phenom, just a wonderful player, uh, hits the ball. I mean, of all the swings that we've seen on tour for 40 years, that's the one that hasn't changed. I mean, it's the same swing practically. And it, look, let's be honest, it's not the same swing, but it's not that far off. I mean, uh, and yeah, wouldn't it be great if you could have a, another run at it at, uh, Muirfield, where, where he's won, obviously. Look, he's not going to win realistically, but it sure would be nice to see him play well and, and kind of be up there somewhere so we could see him on TV. Absolutely. Barton, we appreciate it so much. Check him out, PGATour.com. Barton Capellian, been out there covering golf so many years. And uh, real quick, Barton, who are you keeping your eye on for the British? We've got 30 seconds. Uh, 30 seconds. Who do I like? <laughs> no pressure. Come on, dude. This is like a 10-foot okay, putt. Okay. Brendan Grace. Brendan Grace? I, I like Brent Snedeker. Right? I gave you one. Wow. <laughs> wow. Very impressive. Barton Capellian, thank you so much. Rich B.
Holly G, we'll be back next week for the British Open Championship. Thanks so much for listening. We're out of here, the Golf Insiders. <laughs>